Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here recording episode 135, and today we will be discussing and hopefully answering the question of what is culture? You know, we've recorded 134 episodes before this, and we talk about culture all the time, but we haven't uh, begged to ask the question, what is culture? So today it should be a fun episode trying to explore uh, what is culture, and I'm curious to also see what uh, Jared's associations with some different cultures are as well. So it should be a fun episode, and hopefully all of us will come out a little bit smarter after today's episode and understand and have a better understanding of culture. So we're looking forward to bringing this episode to you. And my partner in crime, my buddy Jared, what's going on, Jared? Hello. Who better to speak about culture than cultural icons like you and I, <laughs> setting the podcast world ablaze? Uh, I read that in a newspaper this morning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but please uh, spread a little love. See how our culture is uh, is used to set the zeitgeist. If, if I said that right, um, follow us on Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast, Twitter, Untranslatable One, the number one. Uh, you can email us untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Give us untranslatables. You'll hear what you'll hear what they are later if you don't know, but they're idioms, sayings, proverbs that don't really make any sense in English, but they do have a meaning, and we tell you what they are, and we guess. Sometimes we get it right on, most times we don't. Uh, and we're on YouTube. <laughs> That's true. You didn't give us five star reviews. <laughs> iTunes and Stitcher, and I'm happy to be here. I went on. I had a little. Uh, weekend road trip i went to uh holland michigan dude listen i'm from the metro detroit it's a great place the west coast is so much better what it makes it seems, better well it, it it just it i feel like it just encap encapsulates the vibe of a beat like you just feel like i don't know it's it's beautiful out there i love all the uh the lakes it feels like a beach town like uh like like Holland where I was is a beach town, but it has more going on than like a lot of your average beach towns. I feel like I don't know. I like it. I went to a wedding. I uh, sorry. Did you get, were you about to say something? I was. Well, I was. Yes, I was going to say that. I think the whole thing with the western beach towns in Michigan is a lot of people go out there over the weekends. So on the weekends, I think there is a lot of stuff going on because there are right. a lot of people going there. But tell me right. more about this wedding. I'm curious. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brad, the silent third co-host of this podcast, his cousin got married, and uh, it was in Michigan, and Brad uh, was flying in, and he was like, hey, do you want to go to a wedding? And I was like, sure, why not? Going to a wedding where you don't know anyone, have you ever done that before? Where you're like the plus one or something like that? Uh, not really, no. Not yet. I haven't been yeah. to many weddings lately, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I haven't been to many weddings either. I think... I, well, probably this podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, why, why not? We're icons, people. We can really take your wedding to the next level just with our presence. Um, it's uh, you know, it's an interesting time because you gotta sort of force yourself to uh, to uh, uh, what do you what's to communicate socialize. with people? Socialize. Thank you. I don't even know the mm -hmm. word for it. Um, <laughs> so that's always kind of exhausting. But it's also nice because you get like free food and free drink, and it's like, yeah, I'll do that. How was the food? The food is pretty good. I got chicken, broccoli, and the potatoes were just okay. The okay. chicken was good. The broccoli could have used some sort of seasoning of any sort. would be great. It was just a little bland, but it was good. I mean, it was fine. Um, 
Also, I don't know. It was just also interesting getting like a glimpse into like random families drama. You know, it was almost okay. felt like I was live at a, a reality show or, or something like that. It wasn't crazy or anything like that, but there was definitely some drama going on. There seemed to be the the mother did not seem to have the greatest relationship with the uh, with the bride. Ooh, okay, uh, that's the, a little the, rough. The, the bride's mother, not not like the uh, mother in law. The, uh, the oh, I see. The daughter okay. and mother didn't didn't really get along well. Apparently, it's oh, a bummer. But um, you it was, can't it was, you can't leave leave that on the shelf for uh, after the wedding. You well, know, listen, I don't I don't know this family. For all for That's all fair. for all we know, uh, someone Ashley is a big asshole. But they gave uh, speeches. <laughs> the best true. man gave a speech. His speech was. I don't know. Ooh. It seemed to... And listen, I, I'm one to talk. We do a podcast for an hour and a half, twice a week, but it definitely rambled. I went to ask Brad, but I didn't have a good chance to ask it. I was like, mm. are these toasts just supposed to be about how they became friends? It was all just about like how they met, and they met in elementary school. And then okay. I was like, no one needs to hear your whole backstory. And uh, But anyway, it was a good time. I like to get out of... You know, it's, it's nice to do those those weekend trips, too. You know, you know, Jared. That's interesting. Now you've you've got me to think about wedding speeches because, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I to me, if I were to give a speech, I would, I, I would have a very quick and brief how I know the person, oh. not a long one. Well, he and clearly I, didn't plan. He finished it by saying, "So yeah." Oh, okay. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Uh, like I, pro- I probably would have like practiced. Right. I, I probably would have written something or, or had some bullet points or something, but um, I, f- I feel like the other thing, too, is you want to, at least for me, if I were to be giving somebody a speech, <clears throat> I would want to, you know, obviously you're, you're, tr- you're there to wish the couple well and, and wish them a happy future and mm-hmm. hopefully many wonderful years together. But uh, <laughs> um, who knows? But yeah, weekend yeah. trips are great, though, Jared. Yeah, let me tell you now. Oh, right. sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, you're yeah, you're at a great time. I will tell you, my weekend was incredibly uneventful. I didn't really do anything, but I did try out a burger joint near my apartment because mm. I was I was hankering for some Western okay, food. Hold on, so I'm going to assume that this burger well, it was an American style burger, but uh, there was some uh, there was it was not what we would expect, what I would expect from an American style burger in some ways. I would imagine. Hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a yine, a yes and no because okay. there was corn on it though. <laughs> there was no corn on it. The burger was called, and this was the other tricky thing is that so they had they had the name of the burger in English, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure all the toppings and ingredients were in Chinese. But thankfully, the names of the burgers, you know, you could more or less deduce what they would right. be. So the burger I ordered was kind of an interesting combo. It was really tasty, but it was called a mozzarella and jalapeno burger. So uh, there was obviously mozzarella cheese on there and jalapenos on there. There was also lettuce, tomato, uh, I believe onion, and then some type of sauce. I have no idea what the sauce was. The sauce was really good. I will say this, though. The burger patty was definitely a smaller size patty, probably something that you would get if you ordered like like a like a smaller Wendy's burger or a smaller McDonald's burger. Smaller it was a thickness. Thinner, Oh, in thickness. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so other than that, though, I mean, it was, I would say, what you would expect of an American burger. Um, just the patty itself was a little thinner. Were there a but lot of people in there? 
Uh, actually, so I was a little worried. So I, I, I've gone against my rule twice now since I've been in China. My rule is for our listeners out there who are, are, are unaware, they tell you in China, if you are going somewhere where you've never been, make sure you go somewhere where it's busy. Because if it's busy, you know the quality of food is good. The you know I don't really care that much about the service because it's not like I can really interact with the wait staff that much anyways right now because my <laughs> Chinese is terrible. But... Uh, they say you want to pick a restaurant where there's a lot of people so you know there's good quality food. Well, I went in there. I walked by it a few nights ago, and there were four or five people in there like at, at different tables. And there's not a ton of tables, so that took up most of the restaurant. But I went in the other day, and there was nobody in there. And I thought, you know what? All right, there's nobody here, but I've seen people in here before. I'm going to go on a limb and give it a try. And it was on Saturday night. I didn't have any plans for Sunday, so I figured if I spent my entire Sunday on the toilet... It is what it is. But thankfully, that did not happen. The food was delicious. The, the hmm. wait staff was really nice. Um, you know, it's, it's really funny. You, you see how willing people are to help you when you don't speak much of the language. Uh, and they were yeah. very helpful. And yeah. I got a really good German Weissbier there with my burger as well, which was pretty tasty. Um, so, yeah. So, now I have a new little burger joint near, near my apartment. It's a five-minute walk. And, uh Yeah. Are they? Are they're pretty? Um, like, like they're drinkers over there, aren't they? They do, but I think in China, at least the couple of times I've seen people out drinking, they're going hard. So I don't think they're drinking to enjoy the flavor. There's not a lot they, of social drinking. No, like it is casual, social. I mean, it, it, me, casual yeah, drinking. Not, that's what I meant to, to say. To me, it doesn't seem super casual. And we have hmm. been warned by. I've been warned by my colleagues saying, if you go out with your Chinese colleagues. Uh, you have a choice to make. Your choice is either <laughs> you don't drink or you drink and you get absolutely shit-faced because they want you to drink every drink with them. So it's kind of culturally inappropriate. Like if you're just like having one or two, you know, you got to either so you, you got to explain that or you just be like, sorry, I'm not drinking tonight. So, so you just have to commit to going full ham. Yep. Going... Complete hand wow. bone. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, interesting technique. It is. It's very it is. college. And, right. And I, and I had a Chinese guy. I was at a restaurant like my first weekend here. Uh, and he, he offered to buy me a beer. And I had, I, I, I had my colleagues in the back of my head like, if you get a beer with him, That's he's going to want to drink more beer. I'm not really sure because I didn't so have then, a like, beer like with him. So then like he asked for a beer, the next thing you know, you have next thing you know, 18 beers. Right. I, I don't know. I haven't done it yet. We'll see. I need to, one of these nights, I need to just try it and see what happens because we'll yes. see. Because I wonder, I feel like if you told them, like, I'm feeling pretty yeah, good, what are they do? I don't need any more drinks. I'm not really sure, though. Um, but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, my weekend was fairly uneventful. I'm glad you had a good weekend. Uh, Holland Thank is a you. beautiful place to visit. Yeah. Weddings can definitely be fun, but they can, they can definitely drain your social batteries a little bit. Um, yeah. But kind of in, in line with like the culture thing that we're going to be talking about, it is fun to see, and not just the drama stuff I talked about before, but it is fun to see how other families like interact, you know? Oh, absolutely. From, as an outsider. Right. And, well, and like, the... and like I was going to say, silently judge, that's all. Oh. <laughs> there you go. It's probably better that um, you cut me off. <laughs> uh, but that's the, that's the interesting thing about culture, and we'll talk about this more in the main segment, but the fact that culture culture has like kind of different different stages you know you have your national culture you even have your like 
regional culture, when I say regional, I mean like Western culture versus Eastern culture, Eastern mm-hmm. culture, even though there are obviously differences within those. But then you also have like family cultures, you know, well, one family. True, yeah. yeah. And so we'll have to discuss that more a bit when later. I was, but yeah. when I was driving home from uh, Holland, Michigan today, I saw a pickup truck uh, and it, it had like a outline of Michigan and it said, Michiganders get shit done. <laughs> wonder what like, their wow. family culture is like <laughs> hey at least they're proud to be a michigander i can't i can't knock them for that that's for sure i was like we do that's cool right i, I mean i i definitely love to talk about michigan to anybody here in china and when i was in mongolia who will listen um we've me and my girlfriend have had that conversation that um michiganders do seem to be a very pride, prideful bunch like we, we have a state pride more than at least where I came from before in Philadelphia. Right. Like it was more of a city thing than like Pennsylvania. Right. That's that's fair. I th- I, w- I would be willing to bet you though, like in Detroit, I bet you it's more of a Detroit thing and not a Michigan thing. I'd be willing I can to imagine bet. that. You know, all those yeah. Detroit versus everybody right. related stores. Right. Yeah. I should have got one of those shirts before I came here. Um, it was funny, buddy. You I would fit right in too with some shirt like that. No one, right. people won't even look at you twice. Right. Oh, because no, they, they all wouldn't. have like uh, words and stuff on their shirts. Oh my god! Don't they? Speaking of funny stuff on shirts, oh, yes. I need to start writing these down. But yesterday, when I was walking <laughs> around, I, I saw this guy, this Chinese guy who had, a, had like a jacket on, and a lot of these jackets will have patches on them, and the patches will have stuff in English. And this guy's shirt, I kid you not, said, "Oh, I should have taken a picture of it." It said. Um, it said, it said, welcome to Uranus, like the planet. It said, welcome to Uranus. <laughs> oh and it gosh. said, like, planet of champions or something like that. And I, I really wanted to, like, stop him and be like, dude, do you, do you understand? Like, like right. we use Uranus as, like, a joke, a stupid, like, joke because it sounds like your anus. Uh, oh, I'm right. Sure so he maybe did. he... I don't... I, I wonder... I feel like you think that... I think... I feel like you think they put more sh- thought into what's written on the shirts. Oh, they than don't. They do. I think they probably just find random. I don't even know how they find it though, dude. I mean, he might not even know what it stuff. means. Like, there's well, a chance he clearly he- <laughs> doesn't. <laughs> that's probably a good point. not. Probably not. But that's that's my point. Is I want to educate people what their damn clothing means because it's yeah. a lot of times it's hilarious. Um, you can do that and like bring Chinese people to the U.S. and have them look at people's tattoos. This means right. serenity. Right. No, uh, that means chicken noodle soup. <laughs> <laughs> that means steamed dumplings. Yeah, yeah. I've I've thought about you know we've I don't know if we've talked about tattoos on the show, but I'd love to get one eventually. And uh, I've thought about a Chinese character as a joke. One of my colleagues, uh, Kelly, she lives in like the next town over. She's awesome. Um, she told me as a joke, uh, I should get bearded rebel tattooed in Chinese characters on me because nobody in okay. the States would know what that means. I dig it if it was something like a joke like that, but, um, I don't know. I, I always, I always sort of roll my eyes at people with Chinese character tattoos. Right. And now um, she, she has Chinese character tattoos, but she speaks and can read it. Right. Okay. Well, that's different. You can yeah. verify in your own what it is. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and I always think it's funny, too, when people get Chinese characters when, like, they're not interested in the culture, they've never been to China, and they never will go to China. It's yeah, like, it's just like a, like a looks cool, essentially. Right. And, I mean, it does look cool, you know, and I guess at face value, yeah, that's you want why some people get <laughs> tattoos. You know, yeah, it looks cool, but I think, me personally, like, if you're going to do something like that from another culture, you need to, 
have some some basic understanding of it. Um, are there a lot of know. tattoos in China? There are becoming more, but what I've noticed is it's at least the ones that seem to be visible tend to be more by men. Uh, okay. So like stuff on their arms, right. their forearms. I've seen some dudes here with some badass sleeves, but the sleeves I see here they look almost like like a yakuza tattoo. Mm. Uh, like for our listeners out there that are unaware of what yakuza is, it's like the Japanese mafia. Right. And and uh, and I wonder. I have a feeling that in China they probably don't understand the cultural implications of it because I'm not sure how much the Chinese know about the yakuza and like illegal. Stuff like that. I mean, but they uh, have their own like mafia as well in China called like the Triads, isn't it? They they do, they do. But I'm not sure if it's still as big of a thing as it used to be. Um, but I know, like in the Yakuza, they have specific style tattoos. Like if you just Google it, they're they're really beautiful looking. Uh, and and like Japanese tattoos tend to like have a common theme. So it'll be like one big tattoo, but there's like a common theme. Whereas if you look at a lot of Americans who have tattoos or, or Westerners who have tattoos, they might have a bunch of different random stuff. Um, but well, so I've seen some really cool tattoos sleeves. Are, are cool. I aren't they awesome? Oh, these are cool. They're sweet, aren't they? But I couldn't uh, get one, could I? Because then uh, that's probably not a good idea. Pro- well, I mean, if you go to a sauna in Japan, you might, <laughs> you might <laughs> get... <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah but, then but I get yeah, in, so, uh, jumped in. Right. I've I have seen some girls in China with tattoos, um, like small little ones. Like I saw one. This this uh, girl had this really cute, like minimalist style tattoo of like a kitty, like a like a face of a cute little cat mm-hmm. on her calf. Uh, but I haven't seen a ton of girls here with tattoos, or maybe if they do, they they you know don't have them, them in right. They have them in spots where you can't really see them. Um, but I think I think younger people in China are uh, a bit more flexible about piercings and tattoos and even like dyeing their hair and stuff like that but from the chinese people i have talked to it seems like there's still this big dichotomy you have more traditional like people who still really try to uphold traditional chinese values and then others who are starting to realize like um sometimes tradition is great but other times you know it can be very restricting uh, and limiting and so i think some people are starting to realize that um I mean, that's so, yeah, a challenge everywhere in the world. It's just, you know, people are go at different paces right? Uh, through that journey. But, uh, hey, let's... Um, Spread a little love. Let's do it. Let's... Uh, I, I, I have no shout-outs. I don't know. Happy birthday to my sister. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, I have to give one shout-out to a friend of ours, our buddy Shane, because I... Jared and I... Uh, we got well, hacked. We did. Our, our Facebook, our untranslatable Facebook got hacked. Um, and I, when I, I noticed, I should have wrote you in Mongolia because I went to go post something to the page on when I was in Mongolia and I didn't see it on my mobile app. Uh, but, but I, I figured nothing, because it, we what? got quote unquote hacked, but nothing happened. I mean, nothing happened. Well, basically, so what happened was somehow we, we just were got both kicked removed. out of our own group. Yeah. We got removed from our pages admins. Um, and I went, and of course, dude, the, the like random times that I am able to access Facebook here and I see all sorts of stuff I'd love to share on our page. Mm. I have no access to our page. That's always right. how life works. Right. Um, so, <laughs> so the whole reason for this though, is a shout out to our good buddy, Shane. Uh, we really appreciate he, he went above and beyond and was able yeah. to, I didn't even know um, you could do that. G- 
get the issue resolved. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know either. people I, at Facebook that we could talk to. It's really difficult to get there, I guess, because I looked and looked and looked. And so they don't want to encourage it. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, and Shane uh, has done a lot of stuff with like Facebook ads and business, and he's really savvy with Facebook and other social media platforms as well. Um, so yeah, so shout out to you, Shane. We really mm-hmm. appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. You betcha. Miss you and hope you're doing good. Uh, yeah. My next one goes out to uh, my new home country of China because China, uh, there has been a big increase in healthcare quality within the last 10 years. And just uh, this is kind of an interesting fact, Jared. China has invested billions of dollars in healthcare reform. And the country has made spectacular progress. And just in case Jared's worried this is sounding very propaganda-ish, this is coming from NPR.org. Okay. So this is not coming no from a Chinese source. That. No one made me say this. <laughs> I don't have a gentleman behind me with a gun pointing to my head saying you need to advocate for healthcare in China. No, this is true. This is coming from NPR, where I would say is a very credible source. Um, and so basically there's been a lot of great progress, uh, on the public health care front in China, which includes, in, uh, uh, improving insurance coverage and the death of, uh, children has decreased quite a bit. There are some other issues though here in China, which is, uh, secondhand smoke and cancer, um, and the, the secondhand smoke, smoke I mean, in China, don't they, in general? Yes, it's very they do. Smoke heavy. They do, but I have realized it's gotten a lot better because before I came here, Jared knows this better than anybody else listening to this podcast. I did all sorts of research. Uh, and well, <laughs> when I say research, really, I watched YouTube videos about people who've been in China, which you mostly look for the horror stories for some reason. Well, also. I didn't look, I didn't look for them. There, there are two channels on YouTube, actually three of them that tend to focus on a lot of the negative in China. Um, and some of it's true. Uh, there's definitely some of it's true, but they obviously make it a little clickbaity. So people watch it and stuff like that. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, but one thing that they had mentioned in their videos was, that uh, people in China smoke everywhere. So, you know, you get on an elevator, people are smoking, you go into restaurants, in people elevator? are smoking. So let oh, me tell hell you no. let, let me tell you this, Jared. Since I've been here, I have not had anyone smoking in an elevator. All the restaurants I've been to are smoke free. So I think maybe oh. in the past China was like this, but I think it's starting to change. Now I will tell you though, I had some problems with my water heater uh, in my apartment. I didn't have hot water for like four days. It was terrible. I've oh, never taken showered with cold water. Uh, yeah, and it, and it was cold. It wasn't even like warm. It was cold. I literally <laughs> jumped under the shower and jumped out. But anyways, the whole point of this is that, uh, yeah, smoking has been a big problem in China, but I think it's getting better. And now this is what's interesting, though, about this article from NPR, Jared. So there have been a collection of nine peer-reviewed studies, commentaries, and editorials, and reviews of literature uh, from researchers from academic institutions in Beijing as well as the U.S. and Germany, and found the country is making headway in reducing the incidence of infectious diseases. Here we go, Jared. Like diarrhea, which I have not had once since I've been in China. That's true. Hopefully I didn't just jinx myself. I'm going to knock on my wood table right now. Uh, And respiratory illnesses among its 1.3 billion citizens. Now, I will tell you this. I do think that the food quality here in China has probably increased quite a bit because I haven't had as much as an upset stomach and I eat out here all the time. Now, I haven't gone crazy and eaten out at uh, street vendors and stuff where the food's been laying out for hours, but I wouldn't do that in the States either. Um, right. 
So, so yeah, but anyways, big ups to China. I think it's great that they're making improvements on their healthcare. Brilliant. Uh, and this is really awesome. If you're curious, check out NPR. Uh, I don't know if it's a section or what it's called, but the, the headline is, well, it's a, it's, I think it's a segment. It's goats and soda. And then the headline is new research. China is winning some healthcare battles. And losing others, which I mentioned with the whole smoking and lung cancer. But I think that's right. great. Um, so shout out to China for improving their health care over the last 10 years. And uh, uh, I think it's always great when a country invests in something like health care and you do yeah. see the benefits of it. It's great. My next yeah. shout out, Jared, speaking of health care, goes out to a Nigerian neurosurgeon who took a pay cut in order to perform free operations and surgeries back in his home country of Nigeria. So Dr. Olawale Suleiman is a professor of neurosurgery and spinal surgery and the chairman for neurosurgery at the Spine Center uh, at the Oxner Neuroscience Institute in New Orleans. So he actually lives in Louisiana, uh, but splits his time between the U.S. and Nigeria, where he will spend about 12 days each month providing health care in the country of his birth and sometimes for free. So I think this is really amazing that he yeah. was willing to do this. Um, and his story itself is also amazing, Jared. So his parents could not afford university tuition, but Suleiman at the age of 19 received a scholarship to study medicine in Bulgaria through the at Bureau the age of for 15, External Aid. 15, you said? 19. Oh. 19. Uh, Bureau for External Aid, a Nigerian government program targeted at improving the quality of life for Nigeria's most vulnerable communities. Uh, and Suleiman said the scholarship opened many doors and in turn he feels responsible to give back through healthcare. Africans who have had the privilege of getting outstanding training and education abroad must mobilize their network of influence to transform our continent, he said. So I think it's really amazing. This guy is doing a lot of great things. He's helping out people not only in Louisiana but also in his home country and just seems like a hardworking, amazing man. So I want to send lots of love to Dr. Yeah. Suleiman. That's really great and amazing everything he has been doing. I agree. That does sound great. Uh, we need more people like that in the world. Yes, we do. You know what else sounds great, Jared? We also need more untranslatables in this world. You better believe it. And that's what the Untranslatable Podcast here is to provide for uh, you greedy people asking for more <laughs> and more. We need more untranslatables. If you want to help, you could send us some to uh, Untranslatable Podcast on Instagram or Untranslatable1, the number one. Um... I guess I'll start on Twitter. Yeah, sorry. Um, my first one is uh, Catalan. Catalan. Ca- how, how, Catalan. 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 Mm-hmm. And it's Fernesink uh, Centimes. So is that something with five? Yeah. Make it five cents. Make it five cents. Is that like can keep the change? Uh, no. 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 Okay. So, for example, mm-hmm. I was at a wedding yesterday, and um, the best man seemed like a lovely guy, by the way. But I would have oh, told him is this that like he might need to... Yeah. Shorten it up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wrap it up. Yeah. yeah. Wrap it up. Okay. Exactly. Yep. Make it short. Okay. Nice. Oh, that's funny. Make it five cents. That makes sense. All right. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. See what or I did Or it's kind of like, um, what is it? It's like a, not a penny for your thoughts. Uh, oh, my two cents. That's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah, my two cents. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, all right, so I have some Turkish ones. I don't know why. I just wanted to do some Turkish ones today. And I have a Chinese untranslatable. We'll start with the Chinese one because I'm going to probably butcher the pronunciation. Not that I won't butcher the Turkish ones as well. <laughs> but but say, why do you say it like that? Like you're going right. to nail the other ones. So, so here we go. It is... Um, and I don't have the pinion in front of me, so I don't know if I'm stressing the syllables, uh, stressing the tones properly, but we're going to give it a try. So it is... Which means dogs can't help eating shit. Oh, shish is not. I thought that was thank you. No. no. And it's chi shi. So not shisha. Like, oh, 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 oh. It's just like you can't stop people from, like, from, from, like, you can't change someone essentially. Oh, very good. Hit that yes. ham horn. Very good, yeah. The the English untranslatable we have is a tiger doesn't change its stripes. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, Can't basically teach yeah, an old dog change. new tricks. Right. Uh, I have some French Canadian ones. Um, oh, my bien. first one is uh, a lot of them. These in the at first I love hockey and maple syrup. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's funny you say that they all the reason i specifically chose all of these is because there's something very canadian about all of these okay and hockey is one of them <laughs> yes perfect all right um, let's hear these i'll let you start with that one and it's uh uh avec la puck something about the puck to tease the puck to tease the puck is this like to pull somebody's leg no to tease the puck not teasing as like a haha tease okay. as like a you tease okay. kind of thing uh, <laughs> okay. not that sexual i made it way more sexual than it had to be but when i that said definitely that definitely saw that definitely had some uh, okay huh some Let's sexual undertones there That's i didn't right. mean that can you give me an example? But, it, but it's that style of tease not not like teasing making fun of so someone. it's like so is, is it like to flirt uh no 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 it's it's not it's not a flirting related thing i just meant that's the sort of tease you should use not the uh is it like to do something delicately no to tease the puck you're not even close really what is it um to beat around the bush oh interesting okay Mm -hmm. to beat around the bush okay not yeah to not get to the point essentially oh that makes sense okay so I'll give you a Turkish one. It is Satan to you, which means the devil's feather. The devil's feather. Um, dressed provocatively, <laughs> wearing the devil's feather. Um, you know, I would say you could tell someone that they, uh, they are or they... Ha- I don't know if it's they are or they have a devil's feather. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, if they were dressing provocatively, you could say that, but that's not what it means. Oh man, they have a devil's and, feather. And, and I'm tr- and I'm trying to like think like a of, rebel. A rebel, I would or also it's like you say got a, like a like a you got like a naughty, not naughty, but you got like a bad streak. You know. You know, I will. You're so close. I'm gonna give it to you. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it to you. Basically, the devil's feather means that somebody who has like kind of a mysterious devilish charm. So I would say like a, oh. like a rebel definitely would. Or like if you dress kind of provocatively like in a certain jackets. way, 
Right. And sadly, I don't have a leather <laughs> jacket right now, but I need to find one so yeah. I can get my devil's feather on. But yeah. Yeah. So it's like a mysterious devilish charm. You know, those some people you look at and you're like, you're like, they might be a bad guy, but they're kind of sexy. Yes. No, I know mm-hmm. what you mean. I know what yep. you mean. Um, okay. Calais, l'original. Something about original. No, to call a moose. Oh, to, okay. Wow. Okay. To yeah, call I a moose. I, is a l'original the moose, I guess? I don't know. I don't know. That, I, would, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, is that to call a cab, call a taxi? No, that's hilarious, though. <laughs> uh, um, it also has something to do with... Um, so, obviously, moose is very Canadian, but it mm-hmm. also has something to do with uh, another thing that Canadians are very known for enjoying. Maple syrup? Poutine? <laughs> wow. This is... Somehow, this untranslatable section is so offensive toward... Yes, actually. Was it Molson's, really? Not specifically Molson's. But beer. But beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alcohol. Moose. Is that like to order another round of beer? Uh, to have a hangover. Oh, okay. Call a Moose. To have a hangover. Yeah. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't, I don't really understand been... why, but... Right. Well, it's funny, though. There's a lot of different languages where something like an animal... Oh, excuse me. Huh. Animal is really this is what happens when we do these right when I wake up. I need to just wake up earlier so I'm more awake. Anyways, <laughs> but it's um, not gonna happen. Probably not. Um, but <laughs> I but, wouldn't. Uh, um, there's a lot of countries and cultures that use animals for hangovers. Like in Czech, you say uh, "mamo pizzi," I have a monkey. In German, you mm-hmm. say "I have a male cat." Mm-hmm. Um, there are tons of them. Uh, that's really funny though. To, to call a moose, I love that. All right, Jared, my last one for you is Turkish, and it is. Um, Havadan Sudan of the air and water. Say that again. Of the air and water. Water. Oh, you you, trans- you said it and translated it in one go. Oh, sorry. Havadan Sudan. No, I got you now. I thought yeah. that was. Mm-hmm. I thought it was that with the English part too. No, <laughs> that would like, be really whoa. fascinating. Uh, so, of the air and water. Mm-hmm. Is it like a like um like someone sort of always with you? No, our we have an English untranslatable for this one, uh, and it has to do with the breeze. Um, with the breeze of the air and water, it's very windy. <laughs> no, the, <laughs> the no breeze. Um, Drew so, breeze. So, 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 Jared, you in some ways you could say some of our episodes have been. Or at least the top of the show talk is of the air and water, for example. You could also say that Americans and apparently also Turkish people are very good at doing something of the air and water. Especially in Michigan. Oh, like effortless? I don't know. I don't understand what you're getting at here. What, what, is, what is something that you really dislike about uh, United States culture? Something we do. You know, you're waiting in line at the grocery store, or you're at a at like a oh, like, like something shoot the for shit? work. I was gonna say shoot the breeze, but oh, yeah, shoot, shoot the, the shit. breeze. Oh, yep. okay. Yeah, so of air and water, of the air and water just means like to basically talk about nothing for a long time, or okay. like having small talk. See, that's what I thought you meant when you brought up the top of the show talk. 
But I, I kind of got offended. I was like, wow, I see. I well, see how it is. So, sometimes no, it's right. just... You're right. Yeah, so, sometimes <laughs> it's small talk. Um, okay. I have one more French one. Sure, I'll give it to you. Why not? Um, être vite sur ses patines. And it means uh, to be quick on one's skates. Another, that's uh, just, that's just quick, for your quick right on your feet. You're a quick there thinker. You that's an easy one. I like that one, though. That, to me, does quick sound very skates. Canadian. Quick on mm-hmm. the skates. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Are you quick, are you quick on the skates, Jared, in the, in the literal and figurative sense? Uh, definitely not in the literal sense. Um, okay. Although I'm not terrible on ice skates. I'm better than I thought. I remember I told you I went ice skating in, in Philadelphia, and I was like super nervous beforehand, and yep. then I was like mm-hmm. flying around the... <laughs> Ice skating is like, a lot of oh, fun. Bad. <laughs> there was actually, it was funny. There was a little ice rink in a mall in Mongolia, and I was so tempted to like be like, "Oh, I need to write this address down. I want to come back and go ice skating." I love ice skating, but anyways, can uh, they, ice they skating, can do outdoor ice skating, can't they? Do they have a lot yeah, of but, lakes and stuff? Uh, I don't. Ponds. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't see one lake while I was there. I did see some rivers, but rivers usually mm. don't freeze. Um, but anyways, let's talk about culture, Jared. Let's let's answer the question our listeners have been begging to know yes. what is culture. And they came yeah. here to the experts to find out what it is. I think I have um, culture is to countries as like personality is to people. Oh, I like, like that. That's good. Like it's like it's like the it's like a personality of a region or of like a group of people, like a collective sort of group of people. Absolutely. I would say. Absolutely. I would and, agree 100%. And that, that's usually how I like to look at it. But um, what aspects of culture do you seek out? Say you're going on a vacation to a new place. Now, maybe it depends mm-hmm. on where you're going. But what are some of your favorite ways to get a, uh, immerse yourself into the culture, figure out what uh, a culture is really like? I'm I'm surprised you're asking me this, Jared, because when I say the answer, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I knew that. But for me, it's it's always arts and music. Arts, arts and, and music, music are the way I love to experience a culture just because, well, I'll actually say three things. Arts, music, and food. Because I think those are all experiences that you can really, like, I, I don't, you know, I love architecture and I love walking around cities and I think that's great or, mm-hmm. or, or the countryside or wherever. But I think there's just something that I personally really take from going to see concerts or uh, seeing art and also experiencing the food. I think for me, these are experiences that I tend to remember longer than if I were to just walk around and, you know, see some beautiful sights. Um, yes. So that's, thing, that's why for me. Mm-hmm. The thing I also like about the food part is, is yes, you can experience culture through actu- the actual eating of food, but you can also mm-hmm. just experience culture in how people do meals, you know, like, uh, you know, cu- different cultures have different ways of, of having dinner or different expectations from dinner. And even just seeing like, you know, we always talk about like, um, uh, like, um, Europeans get annoyed at how quickly meals might go at restaurants in the United States. And right. um, e- even just, you know, where, where you can tell where priorities lie sometimes through stuff like mm-hmm. that, too. That's what oh, I absolutely. Well, and not only that, but I think culture has a lot to do with like what certain places and people consider normal because normal yes. is different everywhere you go. But before we jump more into this, Jared, I want to share a couple definitions with you of culture. Um, okay. 
not that you didn't cover it. I think you covered it very eloquently uh, when you mentioned it. But I just want to give these uh, to our listeners so they can have some reference. And there's something interesting I find because there's kind of we use culture in English um, kind of for for two different things. We use it to describe, like you said, collectives, countries, people, regions, things like this. We also use it though in biology. Um, and so there's two different meanings of culture, which I think is interesting. So number one, uh, if you uh, have access to Google and you go on Google and you type in define culture, you will find number one, the arts and other manifestations of human intellectual achievement regarded collectively. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, 20th century popular culture. Uh, number another one is a refined understanding or appreciate. I hate this definition. A refined understanding or appreciation of culture. In my opinion, you You're can't use the word that. in the definition. Yeah, yeah. Come on. yeah that's lame. Uh, and then a definition they have here is uh, men of culture. Um, so here I think they're talking about like education. Uh, then number two, though, the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group. So, for example, Caribbean culture or Caribbean culture, depending on how you say it, people from many different cultures. Uh, then the, the little subset of that one is the attitudes and behavior characteristics of a particular social group. So those are our definitions of culture, what we're talking about today. However, the biology definition uh, is the cultivation we're not of... About bac- that. We're talking about we're, bl- blood cultures. <laughs> right. Uh, so the biology definition is the cultivation of bacteria, tissue cells, etc. <laughs> in an artificial medium containing nutrients, uh, a preparation of cells obtained from a culture. Once again, you can't use the word, but whatever. A cultivation of plants. And now the reason why I read the biological definition as, as well is because I, th- I like this word cultivation. I think culture in general, whether you're looking at it at a biological sense or, or a cultural sense or like a nation or something like that, a lot of it has to do with cultivation. It's a cultivation mm-hmm. of knowledge. It's a cultivation of tradition. It's a cultivation of some places trial and error, you know, what works, what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why I wanted to mention that because I think it's really interesting that um, this idea of cultivating things, I think has a lot to do with culture. Um, and- much like the cultivation of, say, uh, like a bacteria or something. Uh, hold on, you're going to love this. It's alive, you know? It's Don't always make me changing. Spit. Okay, good. I was hoping you were going to make me spit out my water. <laughs> I'm <gonna> take a <laughs> sip. <laughs> it's always changing. It's always, like, mm-hmm. uh, growing. And you can never really, like, put a pinpoint on, on... Like, you can never put a pinpoint on what it is for too long because it's, there's no way... It'll stay like that, and and you know, diff, different things will will you, you can learn different things about how cultures by watching it grow over time or watching how it changes over time. Absolutely, and that's um, what makes yeah. culture so cool. Absolutely, yeah. Jared, you're 100 percent right. You know, um, we should also do an episode about like uh, generations. You know, oh, that would be a good one. And, that would be um, a good one because I think, uh, yeah, because there's the you know the classic like, oh, you know, those kids don't know anything about right. you know this or they don't you know, care about that stuff anymore. Uh, like, right. oh, they don't even know what it means to uh, listen to good music or whatever it is. Old exactly. And there's, and there's always a generation gap between, you know, our parents and ourselves. And, and right. even like, I notice there's a generation gap between me and my, my niece and my nephews, you know? Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, that would uh, be a great episode. That's an awesome idea. I love yes. that. Um, so yeah, yeah. Culture, culture though, I think is also what, makes traveling and learning languages so fascinating because yes. um, at least I personally think it really broadens uh, broadens 
I know it's a big cliche, but it really does broaden like your perceptions and your ways of thinking. I mean, for me, I've never been to Asia before. This is my first time. And it's definitely made me think a lot differently of things. Um, and after I said that, I was trying to think of examples. And of course, I'm not coming up with any right now. <laughs> That's always how that works, right? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's so eye-opening. And I think that uh, the idea of normal is challenged when you visit other cultures. Because, mm-hmm. because I think it can be very toxic and very dangerous when you just assume that your home country or your, your culture is the, the quote-unquote right way to do things or the normal way and the way other people do it is wrong or, or abnormal. Um, right. And I, th- I think that can be really dangerous and, it's, and it's, not really, it's not really helpful. You know, I think it's important to take the bits and pieces from other cultures um, and, and figure out what's good and what's bad about them. And uh, ideally, hopefully in a better tomorrow, we're able to kind of take the best of all these different cultures and use them. And I think that's the great thing about the United States as well, is that we have so many cultures in one place in the United States. Uh, and it's really amazing. We're very fortunate. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so a, a bit ago you mentioned ways that you like to uh, experience culture, food, mm-hmm. live music and shows. Um, let's talk about some other ways. Let's just like brainstorm Absolutely. back and forth some ways. Sounds good. Uh, I'm going to say religion. That's one. That can be a big one. It's a big um, part of culture for some, some places, the U S middle East, some middle Eastern places, some not only South American that, places. Oh, definitely. Well, not only that, but I think religion also gives kind of a backbone or a foundation of how the culture could currently be. Right. So if you don't understand anything about Islam, and you go to the Middle East, you're probably not going to be able to understand their culture as much uh, because you don't understand a religion that plays such a heavy role in their, right. their even their current lives. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas religion is really interesting where I am in China because you're not allowed, unless you're considered a religious expert, so I would assume like a priest or someone like that, like you are not legally allowed to teach religion in China unless you're an expert on it. Um, mm. And some of that, I think, has to do with the fact that um, <laughs> how many people, if, how many self-proclaimed experts, religious experts, do we have here in the U.S.? <laughs> too many, way too many. That's for sure. Um, but it's really interesting, though, because China does have, you know, uh, in the past there there were Buddhists here. You know, there were monks and different things. Um, then you have other. Uh, ways of thought. I'm not sure really if you would call that a religion or what, but you have like things like Taoism, Confucianism, mm-hmm. uh, you have all these different things. And so, and I'm also not sure, you know, where do you draw the line between what is a religion versus like a philosophy or a, like a kind of a way of thought or something? I'm not really sure. Right. Right. But, but you're right. The religion is a great way to experience culture. Um, and, you know, if you are of some type of religion, if you're a Christian or you're Jewish or you follow Islam, um, you can also experience culture through that religious uh, path and see how it's different. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Christian churches in the U.S. are very different than uh, churches and cathedrals in Europe for, for the most part. Um, right. You know, and so, so, yeah, I think religion's a really great way. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say another way that we try to promote here is language. I think language yes, is a, is a great way to experience culture, even if it's just learning some words and phrases. And I have to say, Jared, I feel like a hypocrite doing this podcast because I have not been doing my due diligence while I've been here in China, nor did I do my due diligence in Mongolia, and that needs to change. 
Um, is it easy to get through, uh, like, have you heard of people in your position, other fellows that can, mm-hmm. that have got, gone through their entire time in China without learning a lick of it or like trying to, it's, is that, I assume that's yep. very easy to do. Yep. It is. And it's because we live in very anglicized bubbles here in mm-hmm. China. You know, all the students I interact with all speak English. My colleagues who, with whom I communicate also speak English, um, the only time I need it is when I go out and I want to buy something, whether that's like clothing right. or food. And, yeah, and that's, that's about it. Yeah. Right. And that's about it. So because do your, your mm-hmm. colleagues, like your coworkers at work that uh, are Chinese, all speak English? Most of them do. I the mean, ones all the ones that to, I, I talk to. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would assume, mo- I mean, in theory, they all can read and write English because they had to take a test to get into college where English and uh, English okay. has been on that test for a long time. But reading and writing skills are very different than speaking and listening, um, which is kind of ironic because my my Chinese skills in general are terrible, but my speaking skills are significantly better than my reading and writing because I cannot read or write Chinese characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. But I think language is a great kind yes. of it's like a kind of like a key to unlock the door of culture is when you speak the language. And it's also a great uh, like a great glimpse into like. Um like things like tone for it, like as well, mm-hmm. like uh, you know, maybe you go somewhere and you're like, why is why are these people so angry at me? And it's like, no, this is right. just how they talk or something like that. Exactly. Um, the I, other thing, one, oh, let sorry, me let me let me finish yeah. up with language. The last thing about language too, though, is it also gives you a glimpse into the humor, which I think humor is yes. a big thing in culture. And a little teaser for you and our listeners, Jared. When we get to the jokes today, I have jokes from different countries. Um, oh, okay. So we can kind of talk about that a little bit. And you were bit, saying, so like, for fun. example, you're saying in uh, when you were at Homotov that a lot of your Czech students had very dark humor. Mm-hmm. Czech humor to me in a lot of ways reminded me a lot of British humor. Mm. It's a little bit more dry, a little bit darker. Uh, I, I liked it. It was funny. But it's definitely, I, it's like, I feel like a lot of American humor is very slapstick. It's yeah. very, like, very... Ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. Like, we, we laugh at crazy exaggerations. Whereas mm-hmm. British people, I think, and Czech people, to, from my experiences, it seems like it's more, um, not as much exaggeration, more sarcasm, a bit darker. Like um, things blunt. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Definitely more blunt, for sure. Yeah, like blunt for sort of shocking reasons. Anyway, right. I have another one. And I, it's, I, I wrote something, but I'm going to have... Anyway, it's, I'm going to say uh, museums slash history. Oh, absolutely. It's is vital, a, I think. is a great way. And I don't know uh, you, if I go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say you can get a great glimpse into the culture just based off of sort of like what what ho- what hotels, what museums are the are the popular ones, what sort of has their uh, the most renowned work or the most renowned pieces. You know, which is it a natural history museum, is right. it a art museum, is it a science museum? I don't know. And then you also learn about important figures that you can talk about with people of whatever country you're visiting, you know? So, yeah. if, like, for Gives me... the context of... Exactly. Like, ...of what's happening in the country that mm-hmm. you're in. And Maybe. I don't know if... I don't know if I mentioned, Jared, but I actually ended up going to the uh, Mongolian Museum of History. Uh, I don't know if you did mention that. But it was awesome. It was really great. Um, I remember seeing the pictures, though. Well, they're, well, those pictures are from a different museum because the... Oh. Mongolian. Oh, right. You did say that. You couldn't take pictures. Yeah, because I couldn't take pictures. Yes. Uh, and trust me, there was so much I wanted to take a picture of. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think history and museums are great. And it's, and it's fun. You know, it's an, 
I would say it's an interactive way to learn. But we've mentioned this uh, on the podcast before. My my brain, I can handle like maximum two, two maybe three hours in a museum. After that, I'm done. I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. Three's kind of pushing it for me, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Two's probably about my limit. Right. Uh, and really, that's probably only because of the other person I'm with, if I'm going to be in there that long. Um, do you have another one? Uh, let, let me see here. We've talked about music. We've talked about history. I would say another big one, too, is uh, politics. Yes. Ooh, that is uh, a good one. Politics is a big one. And because... I think politics influence a lot of, um, it, it kind of shows a nation's thought process, right? Is there a one-party system? Is there a two-party system? Is also there how they talk coalition? about politics is Absolutely. huge. And whether or not they do talk about it is another one. Right, right. Um, because at least my experience here in China is that um, people talk about politics, but they don't really criticize the government. Uh, whereas in the States, right. we criticize the government all the time. <laughs> But this is also interesting. I heard from a friend of mine who speaks English and, and Mandarin fluently that when he talks about politics in China in English, people are very, they look at him as being very judgmental to the Chinese government or whatever. Mm. But when he talks about politics with Chinese people in Chinese, he says even Chinese people, they don't necessarily complain about the government, but they will complain about certain politicians or whatever. So I find right. that fascinating that because I think of it as, you know, there's, there's a famous quote by M Nelson Mandela that says, uh, I'm trying to remember the quote here. He says something along the lines of when you talk to someone in uh, their second language, you're talking to their brain. When you talk to someone in their mother tongue, you're talking to their heart. So I'm mm -hmm. wondering if by him engaging them in English, um, they're, they're, they're thinking on a much more logical level or maybe not, but they're, they're, they're thinking of it or they're viewing it with a different lens, a different perspective. Right. Whereas when he talks to them in Mandarin, it's going straight to their heart. There's no filters there. Mm -hmm. um, so I found yeah. that really fascinating. Um, but yeah, politics just is also, an interesting one. Maybe just also the very process of having to uh, like translate something uh, like puts it through like like it already makes you sort of think about something extra even even past just the translation part of it right because like, what are they really saying here Not, um okay so you said music um can i say nightlife though is that fair oh for sure that's like completely bars and fair. clubs yeah okay Absolutely. i think those are separate I, I would agree i would agree 100 percent. not only nightlife but just drinking culture in general yes um, and I would, I would even, I would even be willing to say because I don't want to exclude our uh, Middle Eastern friends, uh, because most of those countries they don't drink. But well, I would I think say that's just the drinking culture, no right. drinking. <laughs> but I think a lot of those cultures they do smoke. They smoke either oh, okay. either yeah. uh, hookah or cigarettes, and so it's it's definitely interesting what kind of indulgences different places. Everybody's have. got something. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Uh, uh, do you have any more? Because I have one more that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, let's hear it uh style and outfits clothing oh absolutely clothing is a big one uh, and the we funny were in berlin we were uh looking we were like i that was a very clear sign into people their, watching into their uh their culture mm -hmm. very alternative very uh like, crazy uh, colors crazy yes. stuff mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah i think i think uh food and out uh, food uh clothing and outfits and all that stuff is definitely a big aspect of culture, how you are willing to represent yourself in the public eye. And yes. I will tell you that, so now I've only been to two Asian countries, which are Mongolia and China. 
but the style could not have been more different. Now, How when so? I say when I say that, um, I'm so glad you asked, Jared. When I say that <laughs> is. Um, so current Mongolian people dress very westernized. So what, what, what I say is they legit have Western clothing stores in Mongolia. So mm-hmm. you have things like Levi's. There was uh, Levi's. We jokingly would call it Levi's because that's how a lot of other countries pronounce the, the brand Levi's. They say Levi's. I know lots of <laughs> German people who say Levi's and not Levi's. Uh, I um, know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they had Levi's, they had H&M, they had uh, Tom Taylor, all these different Western clothing stores. Whereas in China, you get those in big cities. Like if I go downtown Jinan, I can find H&M. I have now been to Uniqlo, which I love. Uniqlo was awesome. They had tons of different flannels. I'm a flannel man myself. Um, that's my culture right there, you the betcha. flannel. Um, <laughs> but I find that Chinese people in general tend to still have a more Eastern style um, like the clothes they wear to me almost seem like something we would have worn in the nineties. Maybe like <laughs> a lot of people still wear baggier pants here. Uh, they wear a lot of pants with like patches and writing and designs on them. Oh, I remember patches. Yep. Um, people here wear like even the, the clothing style here, the color schemes are different in China than they were in Mongolia In Mongolia. I will tell you, man, I think the people had a lot of style. Like, people just look stylish. The, the men and women had really, like, nicely styled hair. They had cool clothes. A lot, I, I felt like I was in Europe, to be honest with you, in terms of, like, looking at their clothing. Like, guys right. and girls wore really nice shoes. In Europe, I think people also tend to wear nicer shoes. Now they're wearing sneakers are becoming a lot more popular. Um, but I will tell you this, though, Jared, regarding sneakers, the sneaker game in China is definitely on point. Like, I've mm. seen some really cool sneakers. They're probably not legit Nikes or legit Adidas, but the color schemes right. are awesome. Why do you uh, have to, I see, no need to bring it what? up. They're nice well, shoes. That's all that matters. That's true. <laughs> that is true. One thing I've noticed, too, here in China is I see a ton of people wearing sneakers where they'll wear, like, one blue sneaker and one red one. Mm. And I don't know if they buy them like that or if they buy two pairs and they mix it. I don't really know. I bet you both. Um, I bet you Probably, both. Yeah. But so that's really interesting. Like, like I'll see people walking. I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Like that that sneaker's black and that was white. The American in me is like, what? What are you doing? Like they're mm. two different sneakers. But right. that's kind of what the style is here. So yeah, I would agree with you, Jared. Um, clothing is a big one. Okay. Hmm. Let me. I want to play a quick that's game all with I got you, Jared. My head. Good. As I want to play. Quick. I meant as far as like ways to tell culture. Oh, right. diversity. Or lack thereof. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. And and I will say that I think a lot of places in the US, not our rural farm towns, but other places, towns, bigger towns and cities in the states, I think do do a great job with diversity. It's not perfect mm-hmm. everywhere, but I think we I think the more liberal leaning places in the states tend to pride themselves on being diverse and welcoming of other cultures. And I think that's amazing. I think that's yeah. really great. And that's part of uh, that's also part of that um that culture being a living thing, you know, you get right. d- uh, influences from other cultures and it, and it forms uh, or, you know, could change uh, what your culture looks like. Oh, absolutely. And culture, the only thing that stays consistent about culture is the fact that it will always be changing. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds yes. like an oxymoron there, but it's, it's very <laughs> true. So Jared, I want to play a game with you. So okay. I do this with my students. So we're, you're going to be my, my student for a moment, Jared. And uh, you betcha. so we're going to play a game called the three P's. And these P's stand for 
Uh, products, practices, and perspectives. So a product is something tangible that a country makes or, or culture makes, right? So, so in academia, there's really no agreed upon definition of culture. Like there's no one definition, definition where everyone goes, yep, that's what culture is, right? Mm -hmm. But what we can do is we can break down culture. This is fairly accepted in like fields of like study abroad and other fields where you can break down culture in terms of products, practices, and perspectives. So products are tangible things. Um, well, it could be tangible and intangible, but these are things that a culture will make or produce, right? So this, this is art, architecture, music, food, clothing, all that stuff. Practices are... Um, I don't want to mix these up here. I'm trying to think now. Products, practice. Yeah, so practices are like ways of life in a culture so like mm. how you greet people um topics that are okay to talk about um uh, topics that are not okay to talk about and then perspectives are like the underlying thoughts and beliefs behind why we do what we do so why in america is it okay uh -huh. to hug somebody whereas in asia people tend not to hug when they greet people that would be like a different perspective okay right okay so what i'm going to do is we're going to start off with products. Products tend to be the easier ones to just mm -hmm. identify like this. So I'm going to give you a country, and I want you to give me some products. These could be works of art. These could be cars. These could be companies, whatever. Okay? Gotcha. Okay. So here we go. And, and I'll rattle some of mine off after you go. Um, so we'll start, with, we'll start with our home country. We're both Americans. USA. What are some products that come to your mind when you think of USA, Jared? Uh, the big three. You know, I think of uh, Ford. GM and Chrysler. Okay. I think of uh, fast food. Um, so McDonald's, think, stuff like that. Yes. Okay. I think of um, Hollywood. Like I think of uh, blockbuster movies. Sure. Um, hot dogs. Hot dogs. Okay. Uh, what Any else? Do you, other what products? else do you have? So for I mean, me, some so products, right. For me, some products uh, that I think of, uh, you mentioned cars, so I'll leave cars out of it. Uh, Nike. Nike yes. is a very uh, famous American brand. Also, I think of Levi's. I, mm -hmm. I wear Levi's jeans myself. I love them. Uh, when I think of products too, though, I also think of all the great American music. So jazz music, blues oh, course, music, country yeah. music, um, rap music, hip hop, mm -hmm. all that stuff, rock. Yes. Um, I mean, I think that's the, I think music is really what makes America great in so many different ways because we have such amazing artists and a history of amazing music. Um, what other products? Um, when I think of like food in terms of products, I think of American food as a hodgepodge of all sorts of different food influences, like all these random fusion restaurants to me yes. in a way that to me seems kind of American. Just yes. because it's like you're just blending like Mexican and Korean or something. Coca-Cola, uh, that's also very American. Coca-Cola, that's true. Michigan one would be Werner's and Fago for yes. going down even further. Um, let's see here. Another product when I think of Michigan, I think of like I think of cherries and I think of apples because of Traverse City cherries. Well, that's and Michigan. Always been specifically. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. okay. Um, but yeah. Okay. Good. So that's a, so now let's talk about practices in the U.S. So what are some like practices, things that are okay or not okay to do in the U.S.? Talk to strangers. Is that okay or not okay? That is okay. Um, it's okay to um, 
it's okay to it's okay to talk very loudly in public. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, it's okay to ask personal questions to strangers. I think I would. I would agree with that. Okay, good. This is good. So, uh, and then in terms of greetings, what kind of greetings are okay in the states, Jared? Um, handshaking is okay. Yep. I would say uh, any business setting, that's the go-to. Yeah. People are pretty free with hugs. Yep. Um, are you a hugger, Jared? Yeah, I don't like hugging strangers, but yeah, I'm, I'm a hugger with, with like friends and and Because you and like I that. hug every time we see each other. I'm a hugger yeah, myself. I hug all my friends when I, when right. I see them. Uh, it feels weird like shaking their hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what kind of greetings are okay? Um, I'd say the head nod to someone that you might not yes. know very well. The little or like the smile where you're just like, oh, that smile, gotta love it. Yeah, yeah, where you like kind of just purse your lips, essentially. Right, right. Um, okay, good. These are all good. Um, okay. So now, now I want to ask you. So now we're going to dig deeper, Jared. So now it's time. Now it's time. This is where it gets trickier. Now it's time for the perspectives. So why do you think in the States it's okay to talk to strangers and even ask them personal questions? Um, why is it okay to do that? This is, that's a tough question. It is. This is why the perspectives, when I teach my students these things, we always talk about perspectives last because it's maybe we should do it first because it's more difficult. But, um, right. But it is, it's difficult to understand the underlying beliefs and thoughts, of a, especially of an entire culture. Um, I think the um, uh, United States and Americans in general, our culture does have a general sense of like, we feel like we deserve stuff. Like, yeah. I feel like we, we sense of entitlement. a lot of, yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that sort of talking to people and thinking that you can just walk up to someone and, you know, ask like a, you know, black person, oh, is that your real hair or is that fake or something? Oh, like God. That? I don't know. I just oh, made God. something up. Right, but, uh, right. <laughs> but I mean, like, people uh, do that. People do people that. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was not a wild example that I just gave. Right. Sadly um, not. It should be, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I will. Uh, let me tell you, Jared. I think the reason why I would agree with you that there is a lot of sense of entitlement in the States, but I think another reason why an underlying belief in the States is that I think we really value individualism. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to get to know the person on an individual level, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas other cultures, like I can tell you being in China, China is a much more collectivist culture. You do the good for many, not the good for one, because the population is so much bigger here and uh, you, you kind of have to, you know, in, in mm-hmm. a lot of cities and a lot of places in Europe, I would say it's more about collectivism. It's not about the freedoms and rights of the individual, but the uh, freedoms and rights of the community as a whole. Um, and I think that's something that's very unique about the United States is that our culture is very, uh, I think we like to think of ourselves as all these special, beautiful little flowers and in a lot of other countries, it's not viewed that way. Um, so yeah, and I think another part of that individualism is the freedom part of it. Like we, I think mm-hmm. in general, our culture is very connected to that sort of illusion. I'll say yeah. that you can do whatever you want and that. Uh, you know, the world's sort of your oyster here. And even though that's right. the case in many other 
very free countries in the world uh we really sort of embrace that as like a our um like a kind of like our like a, a point of pride about how free we are absolutely okay so now i'm going to we'll just do products because we could this in itself could be an entire other episode right but we'll just do products and i'm going to name some countries and just give me like the first three that pop in your head okay for products so japan technology cars seafood oh okay okay let's see when i think of japan i think of um anime three things oh, anime yeah. um anime working very hard like there's a word i forget the word but there's a word in japanese that means to literally work yourself to death mm-hmm. um so anime uh hard working and i would agree with the technology or innovation well you said uh, products okay. i guess working hard is not really a product but um oh you're you're right. I would also that throw would be, in if if we're gonna do these general things about the culture, I would also throw in like a also very collectivist. I, I feel like yeah, you're right. I I, fl- I really really miss that one there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Working hard would not be a product. Um, I would say the innovation, the technology that they make because of the hard work, that would be the product. Mm-hmm. Um, good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Germany. Uh, I mean, obviously, once again, cars, um, beer. Hmm. Um, what's another one? Uh, I can't. I this is tough. I don't. I don't want to use cars again because I I just used that one. Uh, But I said beer. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Adidas. Okay. Yeah. Big one. Obviously, I could say Puma too if I wanted to. Right. Yeah. They used to be brothers. Yep. Hated Um, each other, but they were brothers. Yeah. What are some other? Uh, they used to be brothers. I guess they never stopped being brothers. What are right. some other uh, like big brands from Germany? Well, another big product of of Germany, I would say, is um, I mean, I love artists cake. from Germany. Ca- oh, oh cake yeah, is a good one. Music, cake is a good of one. course, classical Art, music. music. Bach, uh, Bach, Beethoven, um, Handel. A lot of like a psych, psych psychology coming from there too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, isn't Freud from, from there? Freud's Austrian. But yeah. Oh, he's Austrian. Sorry, yep. everyone. L- little brothers. <laughs> uh, little brothers. Um, our Austrian listeners probably won't like that, but yeah. Um, okay, good. Yeah, when I think of Germany, I think of uh, really good sausage Einstein. and good schnitzel. I think of, like I said, art. There's a lot of, like, Albrecht Dürer is, like, a very famous German artist. Uh, check out The Hair if you have never seen any of his art. That's kind of a cool one. Um, and yeah, music. Precision. I, I mean, that's not a product, pre- but I, I think precision. That's, that's when a I practice. Think that would be a practice. Yeah. I would okay, say. Okay. 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 Or maybe even a perspective that kind of blends into both. And that's the thing. I think products. There's a more clear line, whereas practices right. and perspectives. There's a little bit more blurriness to them. I could see perspective too because they have a very like, um, you know, like a respect when it comes to being on time and stuff like that. Right. Right. Tanzania. Tanzania products. Uh, Avocados, bananas. I remember that from when I was there. Okay. Um, music, I would say, is probably a big one. I'm not a huge fan of Tanzanian music, or I don't, but I know they have a very strong musical culture there. Cool. Okay. Um, another product. Um, Who? Another product. I can't think of anything else. Is there any type of like specific food other than nanners and avocados? Um, 
Man. Putting you on the spot. I know. I know. I'm not a Tanzania expert, people. I went there once and it was a good time. But uh, I can't think of I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. All right, that's okay. How about Czech Republic? I'm very curious to see what you have to say for this one. I mean, obviously, one of their big products is beer. Yep. Um, Škoda is also yep. uh, it's cars. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Czech. What what else is Czech? Um, oh, I would say um, there's definitely. Uh, uh, well, you could for product. Could you say like architecture? Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. something people make. Yeah. Okay. I would yeah, say that's architecture's big, cool. Big part of um of uh Czech Republic. There's um I I don't know how big their um music scene is, but obviously there's like a uh you know, Dvorak is a uh-huh. Dvorak and Dvorak. Dvorak, Dvorak is a uh, yeah. is a popular Czech uh export. Uh-huh. And uh Czech he's a composer. Yeah. Another good one is uh, Bedrick uh, Smetana. Check him out. Okay. I think you'd like his stuff, Jared. Um, okay. Smetana. Um, yeah. For me, when I think of the Czech Republic, so many products come to mind because I lived there for a year. Right. Um, number one is Kofola, which is like the Czech version of Coca-Cola. Uh, oh, which yeah. Is, okay. I, I think, did you guys try that? Did you and Don try it? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you did. I don't remember. Oh, speaking of Germany, Apfelschola is very uh-huh. German to me as well. Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, but Kofola is great. Uh, Svichkova, which is that traditional Czech meal. That's one of my favorites. I miss mm-hmm. it dearly. Uh, there's a Czech restaurant I found in Beijing. So I might have to go try it and see. <laughs> oh, my god! I'll probably just be disappointed. But I would love you this never review. Know, I, I'm right? very excited to hear what it's you never like. Know. Or you find Do the podcast best from within you've ever the, had. Right? Oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be so funny. Um, Svichkova. So Kofola, Svichkova. Um, also, uh, knedlik, which are the dumplings, but my, f- one of my other favorite Czech foods is called nakladeni, nakladeni hermelin, I which is, uh, all food. <laughs> I, I know. Right. Uh, I love Czech food. Uh, but nakladeni hermelin is the pickled, uh, hermelin cheese. Mm. And so it's okay. this really soft, tasty cheese that they have like a pepper on top, usually and some onions. Um, An- so, another yeah non speaking of music scenes they do have a big mm-hmm. like uh don't they have a big like blues slash rock scene they, there well, as well in, pra- in prague they have a big i would say blues or jazz scene in the czech republic they still love their classic rock and they love czech country music right okay and i became a big country music fan while i was in the czech republic i think yeah, some of it is when you're right when you're away from your home country I think there are certain things you cling to from your own culture um, mm. that like I know, I know, for example, there are a lot of Turkish Germans that tend to be a lot more traditional and more religious than people who live in Turkey. And some of that is because they moved to Germany and then they oh. that's the part of their identity, their cultural identity they hang on to. So yeah, for me, it was, it was country music. You know, it could have been blues music. It could have been jazz. I right. don't know why, but it was country music. Some of it has to do with my buddy David introducing me to some current country artists that i really enjoy right and then i just kind of backtracked a lot of the blues and stuff that that you you said it could have been the harder mm-hmm. thing with that is you already have like a lot of that stuff you already know you it would be less discovering of stuff that's and a true. lot of that stuff already has um maybe like it, you don't have the ability really to to put fresh memories just to, to those right. songs right you, it makes you think of maybe when you heard it in high school or something like that that's that's a great point, Jared. That's true. I think we should do an episode eventually on cultural identity and how it changes. That might be okay. a cool one. 
Um, yeah. That would be a really cool one. Um, but yeah. Yeah, but I think the, the main thing about this whole little game we played about products, practices, and, and perspectives is I think this is a good way to try to look at culture and gain an understanding of it. Because if mm-hmm. you can identify some products or some practices, or especially I think you have a good understanding if you understand the perspectives of, of culture. You know, what is the thought behind people doing what they do? Um, and it's really interesting. It's really fascinating. So to all of our listeners out there, let us know some of the three P's, product practices or perspectives of your own Legista. culture. We would love to hear about it at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com or untranslatablepodcast on Instagram as well. Um, yeah, and I think the big thing about culture, like you said, Jared, is is the fact that it it is rooted in tradition, but it does change. And I think it is a mm-hmm. very living thing. I would agree with yes. you big time. Yes. But yeah, I think I think we've somewhat answered the question of culture. Yeah, you're welcome, um, everyone. That's that's right. Everyone was curious. Now I think it's time <laughs> that we talk about some good tunes, Jared. You betcha. Yes. I like so this our, song. Our song Sorry. on the pod for today, you're good. <laughs> it is a good one. It's called Cherry Cola by the artist, I think it's pronounced Kuwada or Kuvada. It's K-U-W-A-D-A. I did research over here, Jared. I couldn't find much of anything about the artist. I don't know if they're Japanese, if they're Japanese-American. I don't know if you can find something better oh, yeah, in the I, States. I did. There's, there's a, he's from, um, oh, wait, I don't know either. Now I'm just realizing. But I, I yeah, like I found his Instagram. Um, I guess you don't have the, oh, wait, no, I just found his Facebook. Maybe I can find it there. Okay. Um, so on Spotify, that's the music from app. Hawaii. From Hawaii. There we go. Okay, cool. Uh, but the song is called Cherry Cola. And let's describe the tune to our listeners, Jared, since we unfortunately can't play it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's like a... it's It kind of reminds me of a summer song. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the Hawaii in them. Um, and it's like a... Uh, it's like a... What, what, I don't know how you explain it. I mean, like, modern day, like... Uh, would, you, would you say it's like an R&B vibe? Or is that not the right way to explain it? I don't know how to explain oh, in- it. Oh, interesting. I don't know if I'd give it an R&B vibe. Um, I would say it's definitely a, a mid-tempo song. Like, it's not fast uh, by any means. I would say it's right. more chill. I don't know if I would call it r Like, when I think of R&B, I think of, like, singers really belting it out. Not that, mm. not that the artist, not that John Kuwata uh, doesn't have a great voice. I think he does have a great voice. But it, to me, it doesn't have that sultry kind of R&B sound to it, personally. Um, so, but, you know, music found, is all about interpretation. Go ahead. I found uh, their Facebook and mm-hmm. their uh, little bio about themselves uh, uh, is a Tropical Soul Brother Duo from Honolulu, Hawaii, is what, oh, is what okay. like the little tagline is. T- so maybe they are soul so brother. soul maybe soul is better than r&b maybe yes maybe yes because okay. soul, soul is usually a little smoother uh a little more chill maybe if, if you think r&b is more of a belting kind of singing right i think soul is not no one really soul is a chiller vibe usually i would say oh i would i would but agree. I like it i like it a lot and uh i i like uh, tropical soul brothers i guess a good way to explain it now that i hear it yeah, I would say that's a great tagline for this song, Tropical Soul Brothers. Um, yes. And I think I think they only have, a, at least on Spotify, they only have two or three songs out right now, um, They, I, I which see is interesting. Three, Starlight, Ocean, and Cherry Cola. Yeah. So yeah. first of all, Jared, let me tell you the little story about this song. So while I was in Mongolia, 
um, I met a really awesome girl and we were showing each other music and she showed me this song and I had thought I'd heard it before. I'm not sure if I did. Maybe I did somewhere because it's very popular, but um, I just loved the feel and the vibe of the song. It was awesome. And I love the fact, like we listened to it a couple times because I asked her if she understood the lyrics and her English was really good, but I don't think she understood that this whole idea of cherry cola is like a metaphor for this girl that this guy likes, Mm -hmm. which I think is a really creative and interesting way to, I think nowadays, you know, every long love song out there has been written in one way or another, but this is kind of an interesting way to do it. Um, you know, because there's lines like now vanilla Coke, she's much too bland. So, you know, if you have a girl that's like your vanilla Coke, she's just kind of boring. You got your, your lime Coke trying, and I'm reading the lyrics right now, and lime trying hard chasing all the other men. So your lime is a little too risky, right? <laughs> but right here, she's my, reading the chorus, she's my cherry cola. She's going to keep me sober. Let me keep you closer, bubbly like soda. Bubbly, I think, for some people is definitely a trait they look for in a partner. Yeah, Bubbly is like very... I could do without that, personally. Right, right. I don't mind a girl who's a little bubbly. There's, you know, sweeter than the champagne, smoother than this Coltrane, who's a U.S. jazz artist, who is fantastic. Keep me from the Chardonnay. I'm just sipping one thing, which is cherry cola, which is... So I think that's really interesting using this, this metaphor of cherry cola... Uh, to describe the person you're interested in. Um, and, and this whole me- metaphor of drinking stuff happens throughout the song. I think it's really creative and kind of interesting. And to me, yeah. it brings a lot of visuals to my mind, which I kind of like. Um, yeah. No, I, I liked I liked it a lot. It was great. So, uh, yeah. And, um, I yeah, I wish they had more. Are they like new, like a new group? Is this just like the beginning or is or what? You just, it's Buddy, just, I, uh, yeah, I could I not know. find anything on these guys. I couldn't <laughs> find anything. Um, but that's also why I was kind of intrigued by it because I was like, there's right. only three songs out, but it's really catchy and it's really good. Right. And to me, it was also, I think it was produced and mixed really well. <sighs> Sorry, yawning here. So yeah, but it's great. So check it out. Cherry Cola by uh, John Kuwata. Mm-hmm. on our YouTube channel, Untranslatable Podcast. Yes. We hope you enjoy it. We hope all of you can listen to it with your own cherry cola and enjoy it together. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, as we mentioned on this podcast, we are definitely advocates for talking about language learning, not only culture, but language. And language is very important to learn culture, learn about culture. And uh, I've slowly been trying to learn Chinese. Uh, it's been a very slow process, but baby steps Self-taught people. Self-taught still. Yep. Right. Yeah, I need okay. to find a tutor. Um, at this point, Jared, I am to the point where I wouldn't mind asking a student of mine, but I think there's a slight conflict of interest there. So I'm at this point, mm. like, just going to try to go meet people. And if their English is decent, be like, hey, do you want to be my Chinese tutor? And I'll tutor you in English because <laughs> I tell you what, self. Because if to me, like, not that I'm not a motivated person, but when you have a tutor... I think there's more motivation because you know you if you have questions you can answer them. The questions yeah. can be answered. You don't have to search for them. Anyways, and why am I talking about this? Too. Right. Why am I talking about this? I just need to share my Chinese word of the pod today, which is uh, wenhua, which means culture. But interesting okay. though about this word, Jared, is I looked it up, and the characters not only mean culture but they also mean education. And I forget there were a civilization was another word. So I'm wondering if you pronounce it differently, if it 
means those different words, or depending on the context. Um, I'm not, I don't know enough yet about Chinese to tell you, but I just thought that was interesting to mention. Yeah. Okay. Mine, Spanish word of the pod, my Spanish word of the pod is actually kind of a, well, not really. Uh, en su elemento. It's a phrase. In, it's not a in word. In your element. Uh, yes, but what's another word for in your element? In your comfort zone. Perfect. You betcha. Yes, it's the it's a comfort zone. Absolutely. Yeah, I would say right now in China, I am slowly getting into my element, but on a daily basis, I do have to get out of that comfort zone. Oh, for but sure. That's what makes so, it's so fascinating being in different cultures and learning about other cultures. Um, that's and they the part- say. That's the fun part of experiencing any new culture, too, is testing that Absolutely. comfort zone. Absolutely. And in order for you to grow as a person, you need to get out of your comfort zone. There's just no way you can do that. Um, anyways, enough being philosophical. Now it's time for some jokes, Jared. So my yes. first one comes from Kenya. And uh, the joke is, uh, your family is so stupid. This isn't uh, like a question and answer, Jared. This is just a joke. This reminds me of like your mama jokes. But anyways, your family like is it. so stupid, you give your chickens hot water so they can lay boiled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my and gosh. right here. So Wait, what does that so have to do th- with, uh, is this like a, like a, what does that have to do with, uh, what country did you say again? Kenya. What so does that have to do with Kenya? So apparently in Kenya, a lot of the jokes they like are like disses like your mom jokes. Oh, like that's like a popular States. like uh, insult yeah. over there. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. So here's here's one for for East Germany. Really, you could probably say this anywhere in German, uh, Germany. How do you turn a, a, a Trabant or a Trabi, which are these small cars associated with East Germany, uh, the communist era, into mm-hmm. a sports car? How do you turn a Trabi into a sports car, Jared? Push it off a cliff. <laughs> I like your punchline better. <laughs> but they say they say put sneakers in the glove compartment. <laughs> Basically, because there's like no way to make a sports car, right? Uh, yeah, that's like what I was saying. Said. The fastest—that's the only way you can get it to go fast—is if you just push it off a cliff. Right, right. So here we go. Here's a Chinese joke for you, Jared. A chess player who thought highly of his own skill once lost three games in a row. The next day, a friend asked him how the games had turned out. The Chinese man responded with, "I didn't win the first game." Then he said, "And my opponent didn't lose the second. And regarding the third game, I asked him to agree to a draw, but he wouldn't. Okay. All right. I'll give it to you. <laughs> so, so the thing about this Chinese joke is, so although Chinese jokes, like this one I would say is fairly straightforward, mm-hmm. Chinese jokes don't really do like, uh, oh, what's the term? Like self-deprecation where you like don't really like make fun of yourself because in China you have this, there's this big cultural thing about face. And so if right. you... If you basically do anything that depreciates yourself, you're kind of losing face. You know, if you say, oh, I was just a bad chess player, I would say that myself as an American because I don't really care. But if you're a Chinese person, there's this idea of losing face. So that's kind of what makes this joke funny is the fact that... Also, I kind of like that in general that they have a mentality of not insulting yourself. It's not... That's such such an easy... Uh, way to for people to go. I mean, I do it too, let's be right. clear, is to just like right. say, oh, I suck or like, oh, uh, right. I'm, I'm dumb or whatever. And I think a lot of humor in the States is related to that. Like, oh, you for can sure. watch a lot of stand up and yeah, they're, they're making fun of themselves and stuff like that. Uh, but another key thing of Chinese culture too is not only do you not insult yourself, but you shouldn't insult others. Uh, mm. Because not only does that cause others to lose face, but that can also cause you to lose face as well. So I, I kind of like that one. Okay, so this one, Jared, kind of has a kind of a, a 
sad backstory, but the, the joke is interesting. So here we go. Uh, this comes from uh, Burma. Uh, a Burmese man visits a dentist in India. The dentist asks him, don't you have dentists in Burma? The man replies, yes, we do, but we're not allowed to open our mouths. And so until its dissolution in 2011, the military uh, junta that ruled Burma effectively outlawed free speech, and there was a Burmese comedian, Zarganar, uh, spent three years in jail for telling jokes like this one. So he oh joked about the fact that they don't have free speech. So that dude had some serious cojones. That was a brave, yeah, no, respect. bad, bad dude. And that sent him to jail. Many but, um, fregista. But now said. I guess that would be an homage to that comedian, which is, which is pretty interesting. All that's right. cool. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to bring that one up. Uh, my last one for you is uh, for our friends down under, our Aussies. Uh, and this is why do Australians pee in the bushes at parties? Slipping on gator piss. Um, why is that? And here's a new Australian word for you, Jared. Because there's always someone chundering in the toilet. Chundering <laughs> is an Australian slang word for vomiting. So because there's oh. someone always vomiting in the toilet. So apparently there's oh a lot gosh. of Australia jokes about people drinking too heavily and ending up getting sick and throwing up. And chundering. Chundering. I love that word. Uh, I wish I could say it with a better Australian accent. Yeah. Chunda. Uh, well, that sounds so kind of yeah. British. That, that, yes. But Chanda. the weird thing is... That's better. I, I was, that's a lot better. Up. Yeah, that's a lot better. So those are my cultural jokes for you. I think it's really interesting what well, different countries and cultures, um, their sense of humor, because it's a good insight into culture. It is a very good um, insight into culture. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And I think that um, it is a fun way to learn about culture. You learn. It's also a good way to learn about when you're crossing the line, though. Mm-hmm. Or a bad way, depending on right. what happens. And but. I think that's a really important thing. And we've done taboo episodes before. Maybe when I learn more about Chinese culture, we can do another taboo episode, China edition. Frankly, we could do a taboo episode for all sorts of different places and cultures. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, everyone has their own own things. Oh, absolutely. But I would agree with you that a big thing about culture and cultural awareness is being aware of what you should and should not do in different cultures. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, granted, if if it's obvious you're not from that culture, you might get some looks and some disapproval from people but i think people tend depending on where you are people tend to be a bit forgiving like i i learned the other day that when you say uh shisha in uh mandarin a friend of mine told me that chinese people don't say this to friends of theirs because it's almost like you're saying you're in debt to them which i did not know oh um, so like so the concept of thanking is different right right so the concept of thanking saying please and thank you is different in mongolia like mongolian people to my understanding don't really say please i don't think it's that they're rude or impolite i think it's just a different aspect of their culture mm-hmm. um so yeah so to recap though what is culture with a quick quote i would say culture as jared uh mentioned and i'm not going to say this as smoothly as you did uh to begin the main segment buddy so i apologize but <laughs> I would say culture, the key thing about culture is um, the ideas, the beliefs, um, or like we talked about the practices of the products, practices, and perspectives of a region, a nation, or a collective group of people. You know, culture yeah, is very socially ingrained. Yeah, person- yeah, it's like a personality of a, of a region or a nation or even mm-hmm. like, a, like a larger region like Western culture and Eastern culture. So, right. so yeah, so we've begun to scratch the iceberg of this cultural thing and we hope you've enjoyed this episode 
And let us know what culture is to you at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can check out our different photos on Instagram of all sorts of different you places betcha. and what comprises culture, Untranslatable Podcast. Check out our YouTube channel, Untranslatable Podcast, for uh, our beautiful faces. Jerry just got a fresh new cut, uh, so check that out. You yes. can also see um, our Songs of the Pod on our uh, YouTube playlist with that same title. And lastly, please, five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher, and let us know how we can make this podcast better for you. Although we do this for our own enjoyment, we also want to make this a better experience for you. So please let us know if there is anything we can do to make this podcast more fun, more entertaining, and better for you. So as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, muchas gracias, and shushet.